today as we continue this series that God has given us for the year. The theme here at the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road for the year 2020 is perfect vision, seeing as God sees, seeing as God sees. Uh, the theme has been assigned to us by God for such a time as this. The first series of this year is simply entitled Seeing Ourselves as God Sees Us. This is the 10th and the final message. We ask if you want to get a copy of the messages, if you would just call the church, we will make them available for you. In fact, join us on Tuesday night as we summarize each one of the messages and we share the highlights from all 10 messages uh, as we summarize this series, as we share for the last time what God is saying to us through this series. Today's text is found in the gospel that is recorded by St. Mark chapter 8 and verses 22 to verse 25. And we're reading from the New Living Translation. We're reading from the New Living Translation. Now, just because you're at home doesn't mean you can't have church. Man, you can join us. You can say amen. You can even holler louder than you would normally. Those of you that don't want anybody to see you get your praise on, now you have an opportunity to get it on all by yourself. Scream as loud as you want to. Have church as loud as you want to, but give God the glory. Listen to the text. Chapter 8 in the Gospel that has been recorded by St. Mark, beginning with verse 22. And it reads, When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Verse 23 says, Jesus took the blind man by the hand. Listen to this. This is so important. We'll deal with it in the message. And he led him out of the village then spitting on the man's eyes he laid his hands on him and Jesus asked this blind man can you see anything now the man looked around yes he said I see people but I can't see them very clearly what a powerful word. I see people, but I can't see the people clearly. They look like trees walking around. Verse 25, then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were open. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly and those that love God's words say amen amen the subject for today's message this 10th message in the series the series is entitled seeing ourselves as God sees us the subject for this last message of this series simply says I can see clearly now I can see clearly now 
Lord, I can see clearly now. Listen to my brothers and sisters and those of you perhaps who are not even believers and you are tuned in this morning. It is said, there's a saying that says how one sees a situation often determines how they will respond to that situation. And listen to this, one's response to a situation usually determines the outcome of that particular situation. Let me share that again. How you see a situation determines how you respond to a situation. And how you respond to a situation usually determines how the situation turns out. Seeing it brings a response. The response brings the outcome. Listen, I am convinced, and even more so now than ever, that if you don't have a clear vision, particularly in the times in which we are living in, the age of a pandemic, we're having people now that are shut in their homes. There are people all over the world that are wondering what is going on. People are asking the question, are these the end of days? Is this it? Is God, is the Lord about to return? Here's what God said to me. God says, uh, we need more so than ever right now, clear vision of what God is doing and where God is headed, particularly as it relates to your life. You need vision. You need clear vision because if you don't have that, if you don't have an idea of, God, God, I trust you, I see what you're doing, here's what God said. You may find yourself doing almost anything <laughs> where there's no vision, the people perish. And so if you don't have a clear vision of what God is doing, you may do almost anything. You may, in fact, end up almost anywhere. And you may end up anywhere with anybody. <laughs> Some of the folk you end up with do not have your best interests at heart. Simply because you're not seeing as God sees. Simply because you don't have the vision that God has for your life. Here's what I tell people all the time. When, when God doesn't dictate how and what you should do and you're not listening to what God says other people fill in the blanks where there is no conviction from the Lord when you are a blank slate and you can go somewhere and you have no convictions and you have no vision people whether you know it or not imposes their convictions and their visions on your life that's why we have so many people that are mimicking other people. We have people that are, that are taking their cues from other people. They have no originality. They are not authentic with their relationship with God. And that's why they vacillate. That's why one day they're here, next day they're there. One day they're believing this, the next day they're believing this. They subscribe to all kinds of schools of thought. And in this age of 
or internet proliferation, people will read something on the internet and they believe it. They believe it. There are people now, even as we speak, believe the government came up with this pandemic so that the government can do something about the economy. If you don't think that's true, go to a barber shop and sit down and talk to folk and they'll go, man, this ain't real. This, this, this thing is just fake. Why? Because there is nothing there in their lives that confirms what God is doing. To those of us who are faith believers and faith walkers, th this isn't really a surprise to us because this has happened before, particularly in the Old Testament, and God predicted that days would come just like this. And that is why we need our own vision of who we are from God about our life. You can't be like anybody else. You can't just subscribe to something you hear somebody else says. You've got to have such a relationship with God that when God speaks to you, you say, yes, Lord. I don't care what anybody else says. I say, yes, Lord. Listen to this quote. This is a quote from Reverend Peter Marshall. Uh, Reverend Peter Marshall is the former chaplain of the United States Senate. Uh, he is really famous uh, in his own right um, throughout the religious community, but particularly with leaders who've served for a long time in and out of Washington, D.C. One of his prayers in the Senate, on the Senate floor, as they were opening that session, says this. Reverend Marsha prayed this prayer that became iconic. He says, Lord, give us clear vision that we may know where to stand and what to stand for. He goes on to say, because unless we stand for something, we will fall for anything. Think about that. Lord, give us clear vision that we will know where to stand and what to stand for. God, because if we don't stand for something, we will fall for anything. This is so important to people, to parents that are raising your family. It's important that you install into your children uh, the, the principles of integrity. Tell them what's right and wrong. Because if you don't, somebody else would put their values in their lives. And then you ask yourself, who are these kids that grew up in my house? Uh, I didn't raise them like this. Truth of the matter is, when they should have been in Sunday school, when they should have been in youth services and children's church and others, you gave them the option to opt out. And so they go to school with a blank slate. They don't know scripture. They don't know God. They have nothing in their life that fights back that and so they are so impressed with what they see because we've not allowed God to reign preeminent in their lives. Let me tell you something. I grew up and, and there were times in my life in which I was laughed at and picked on and folks said, you're the preacher's son and, 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 and Daryl can't go here, he can't do that. My brother Mac and my sisters can attest to this. There were some places that my friend would say, we don't even need to ask him if he's going because we know he can't go. 
I thought that was so unfair and I would say to mom and dad, I don't understand it. Other folk get to do this and do that. But they, they, were, they were introducing me to a value system that put what the Lord desired over what people expected. And years later, when dad is now gone on to be with the Lord, my mom would be 86 this year. I say thank you. Thank you, because I now have the fortitude and the integrity and the strength to stand up for what I know is right. You've got to stand for something. If you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. There's another wonderful quote by the author Henry David Thoreau. Henry David Thoreau writes these words, and I quote, he said, I would give all the wealth in the world for one true clear vision. Just to see things as I need to see them. And he wasn't even a spiritual leader. He said, I would give all the wealth in the world. Because here's, here's what Henry David Thoreau recognized. You can have all the money. But if you don't have a clear path of what God is doing in your life, you will have money and still be miserable. You can have the houses and the land and the jobs and you can have uh, all of the degrees behind your name and the great reputation in the community. But if you are not in sync with what God is doing in your life. I often say this at church, and those of you from Bible Way that are joining us, you've heard this before. Unless the vertical relationship is right. The horizontals would never get right. Our problem is that we try to work on the horizontal relationships at the expense of the vertical relationship. And God says work on the vertical first, you and God. And then everything else falls into place. Uh, that is what you do when you understand what God has for you. Listen, from a spiritual perspective, the ability to clearly see what the Lord is doing in our lives is perhaps the first step towards receiving a supernatural blessing from the Lord. If, if we don't first see what God is doing in our lives, God says, the reason I didn't give you what you asked for, because that's not the assignment I have for your life. The reason why I didn't put you in this relationship because I've got something better for you. The reason you had to go through what you went through is because God is working on a supernatural blessing in your life. You've got to be able to align your vision with God's vision. You've got to be able to say, Lord, speak. Thy servant here. You've got to be able to say, show me, Lord, what you want for my life. And when God begins to show you things. When God steps into your life and God begins to make it clear to you, nothing else will matter. God says, I'm working on a blessing with your name on it and it comes first with you understanding what your assignment is. You've got to understand this is my assignment. And God said to me, look, you are a preacher in Columbia, South Carolina. You pastor a church on Atlas Road. You're not in Hollywood. Uh, you, are, you are not at Miami Beach. Uh, and so folk may watch you online from all over the world, but your assignment is Columbia, 
South Carolina. See, when you get it mixed up, when you get it mixed up, you'll be somewhere saying, I, I, I got to be somewhere else because I see somebody else. God says, no, I'll take you wherever you need to be and I'll bring you before men and women in high esteem and I'll bless you, but you've got to be comfortable where you are. My dad used to say all the time, he says, I never forgot the fact that I was a young boy that grew up in Taylor's in Richland County. He said, not only did I not forget it, I appreciate it more and more no matter where I go. Because see, sometimes dad would go to national meetings and, and people would try to be more than what they were. And they would say to him, they would sort of say, AC, you seem to be content with who you are because this is what he knew. He knew this, that I had to come home to Atlas Road. And my assignment, don't, don't, don't get it confused. God has said, this is the vision I have for you. And what God has for you, it is for you. These young people that are here today that are singing, that are so anointed, let me tell you something. If you desire to sing nationally, if you desire uh, to take your music talents abroad, you serve God the best you can where you are. And you watch God elevate you. You don't have to make a way for yourself. God says he'll make a way in a dry place. God will provide a way. And God will have people knocking at your door. Uh, introducing you to opportunities you did not even think exist. To those of you that are joining us virtually, perhaps you want to start a business. Perhaps you want to do something. God says work on the vertical relationship. And I'll take care of the business plan. I, I'll make it so. Well, I'll turn your situation around. Listen, God blessed the latter end of Job more than he did the beginning. And all Job had to do to get more than he ever had before is chapter 42 and verse 10 is to pray for his friends. When Job took the focus off Job and said, Lord, you called me to be a prayer warrior. The Bible said God turned the captivity of Job around. If he did it for Job, God will do it for you. Let us turn now to the text. Let us turn to this powerful text that is found only in the gospel that has been recorded by St. Mark. This text is so unique. This is a unique text in that one is that it is only recorded in Mark's gospel. And remember uh, that Mark, it is believed by scholars, wrote Peter's account of the life of Jesus. This isn't what Mark saw, this is what Peter saw, and Mark was able to write it. This miracle is one of four miracles in the Bible dealing with blind people, touching those that were blind. What made this miracle stand out so much? And there are several things that made it stand out. Verse 22 of the text shares with us something that we ought to begin with. It says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus. First thing that jumps out to me is that this man did not bring himself. He had some people in his circle that understood the power of Jesus. They brought him to Jesus, and the text says they begged Jesus 
to touch and listen to the end of verse 22 and to heal this man. And so they didn't come looking to see a miracle. They came wanting Jesus to perform a miracle. Do it at this man. We didn't come to see what you can do for the crowd. We are bringing our friend to you, begging you to touch him. The word in the New Living Translation say they begged him. It implies some emotional response. It wasn't that they just brought this man to Jesus to try to see if Jesus was a Messiah. This word in the original Greek meant they came with a sense of belief that Jesus could do this. We are bringing our friend to you, asking you to touch and to heal him. Now, verse 23 goes on to perhaps share with us even more so why this miracle was so unique. Look at what Jesus did. Jesus took the blind man by the hand. And listen to what it says. And he led him out of the village. Now, there was another miracle where Jesus led somebody away from the crowd. That was the deaf and blind man. This one is different. Jesus takes him in total isolation away from where he was. In other words, this is not for the crowd. This is for you, man. <laughs> I am doing something because I, I, I'm going to do something that is so unique. Peter was there because Peter was a disciple of Jesus, and he was part of the inner circle. So perhaps the text doesn't say it, but you can assume, because Peter writes this, that Peter was there to witness this. So he takes the blind man by the hand and leads him out of the village. Note, not once did the blind man question Jesus. He didn't say, man, what are you doing? Why are you taking me? Where are you taking me? You've got to be able to follow Jesus no matter where he leads you. And sometimes we question the Lord too much and don't trust him. So the blind man had a sense of trust with Jesus. Jesus takes him by the hand and leads him out of the village. And then the word, the next word in the text says then. And the word then means after he was outside of the village. Note what Jesus does. Jesus spits on the blind man's eyes. Spit in his eyes. Whew. Now you have to have faith <laughs> to trust that the Lord knows what he's doing. First of all, you've separated me from my comfort zone. Second, you have done something that any person with common sense would think is humiliating. You spit in my eyes. There was another miracle in which Jesus spits on the clay and puts it on a man's eyes and tell him to go wash in the pool. This isn't that miracle. This is one that the text says he spits. He uses his saliva and spits in the blind man's eyes. Whew. Listen to what the text says. Uh, and after he spit in the man's eyes, Jesus laid his hands on the man. He touched him for the first time, having spit in the man's eyes. Now, I told you this was unique and unconventional. It was unique and unconventional 
For one reason was that they brought him to Jesus. He didn't come by himself. Jesus led him totally away from the cloud, totally away from the village, took him in isolation. And then Jesus did something that is so unconventional. Why did he do it? He didn't do it because he had to do it. He did it because he wanted to do it. Jesus had enough power to speak to this blind man. He could have said, blind man, open your eyes. The man would have seen. But this was a lesson for the man and a lesson for ages to come. He then lays his hands on the blind man's eyes, having spit in this man's eyes. And he then turns to this man in verse 23 and says, can you see anything now? Can you see anything now? Uh, the blind man, can, can, I, I want you to go somewhere with me. Just imagine being led away from the village. And, 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 and just imagine having been led away. You, you, you didn't see it coming. It wasn't like the blind man could have seen Jesus getting ready to spit in his eyes. He knew he had spit in his eyes when he felt it in his eyes. And Jesus does that. And then he turns to the man and says, can you see anything now? The text says the man looked around <laughs> and he uttered the words, yes, I see people. In other words, prior to this, I could not see anything, but I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. In other words, I see people but I don't really know who these people are. <laughs> That'll preach all by itself. Because a lot of us are seeing people, but we really don't see them as they are. Uh, we, we, we see an image of them. We see sometimes a fake image of them. This blind man says, I see people, but I can't see people for who they really are. Uh, and so he was better but he wasn't where he wanted him to be. I'm convinced that what he gained in the first text was perspective. He was able to see a general sense uh, of what people look like, and, and, and I'm better than what I used to be, but I, I'm not all I'm going to be. The first touch, now here's the key. He had to have enough patience to stick around and, and, and let Jesus spit in his eyes and touch his eyes, he could have left right then. He could have said, well, you know what? I'll quit while I'm ahead. I may not be able to totally discern who they are, but at least it's better than what I've had before. But somehow he knew that the Lord wasn't through with him. Perspective is one thing, but clarity is another thing. And the Lord says that I want to give you something that's greater than perspective. And a lot of us leave the Lord having received the first touch. And God says, I'm not through with you yet. First touch brought you some perspective, but I'm going to do something in your life that's greater than general perspective. I'm going to give you clear vision. I, I'm going to give you perfect vision. I am going to allow you to see people as they are because seeing them as trees not seeing them as they are 
a lot of us see people as uh, people hope we would see them, but we don't see them as they are. And the Lord says, I'm going to do something for you, but you've got to have the patience and the belief to wait on the Lord. And doesn't matter how long it takes to wait on the Lord. I told you this was a unique miracle, and it was unique uh, also because it was a gradual, progressive miracle. There are no other miracles in the Bible of all of the 37 recorded miracles of Jesus. This is the only progressive miracle done in stages. Not because Jesus didn't have the power to do it the first time. Remember, every miracle Jesus does is not about demonstrating who Jesus is. It's about blessing somebody else so God can get the glory over what God does in their life. And so this man could see, but he only saw limited. He saw in perspective. But then the Lord touched him again. <laughs> ah, the second touch. If you're at home, just say with me the second touch. <laughs> You've got to stay around for the second touch. What God did for you in 2019 is no comparison to what God is about to do for you in 2020. But the problem is, is that we don't allow God to do what God wants to do at the time that God wants to do it, we are going to miss our blessings. And so the blind man stood there and did not complain, did not get angry, did not fuss at the Lord, uh, did not talk back, but he stood there and allowed the Lord to touch him for the second time. And here's what the text says, and he looked around and, and he said, then Jesus placed his hands on the man, verse number 25, and he opened his eyes, and the man saw what God wanted him to see. The text says his sight was completely restored. And listen to the end of that verse, and he could see everything clearly. Brother Zion, he began to see men look like men. When you see men look like men, you know who your enemies are. When you see men look like men, you know who the liars are. When you see men look like men, you know who the pretenders are. For too long, we've been seeing in perspective and not clarity. But when the Lord touched you, you know who really has your back. You know who you really need to go to and say, pray for me. Because everybody around you is not for you. There's some folk around you that are not who they ought to be. But I heard the Lord say, if God be for you, who can be against you? You've got to stick around for the second touch. I thank God that I stayed around the Lord long enough for God to touch me the second time. And I found out the second time, Deacon Jim, that God is who he says he is. Second time, God showed me who my real friends are. I know, I'm sorry. Second time, God says, I told you that boy wasn't your friend. I told you that young lady wasn't for you. 
if I hadn't stayed around for the second touch, I would have ended up with something that worked to my detriment. So somebody out there, whoo, God said, don't leave now. Somebody out there, God says, I've got another blessing with your name on it. It may not happen in March of 2020. It may not happen June of 2020. It may be somewhere towards the end of the year. It may be next year this time. But when God gets ready, you're going to get what God has for you. I need to encourage somebody, don't give up. Don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, you shall reap a harvest of blessings. If you don't give up, God said, wait to the second touch. Woo! When this man, I received the second touch. Ah, this man could see who really was on his side. He could be able to distinguish trees from men. <laughs> Perspective allowed him to see folk that look like trees, but act like they could be human. But clear vision. When you can see clearly, God says, I told you that was a demon. I told you don't invite him to your house. I told you don't go out to lunch with her. I told you to lose that phone number. Some of you need some clear vision. There's some folk in your contact list right now. God said, take your phone out and start deleting them and say, go on then gone and I don't need him anymore. Why? Because God says, I'm going to show you who folk are. And it may be fewer people, but it would be the right people that are in your life. Oh, I wish I had a church in here. Come on, brother musicians. Come on. Somebody is at home getting their praise on. Somebody is about to lift their hands and get their praise on. Somebody with their pajamas on is giving God a right now praise and say, Lord, I thank you for the second touch. Lord, I thank you for the second touch. I can see Clearly now, y'all give God your best praise. Come on and praise him. Come on, praise team. Come on up here, help me praise him. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. This praise is for everybody that's at home that could not get to church. You could not get here to get your praise on. But I got a few young people that when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, come on cameras, put it on the young people. When I think of his goodness and how he set me free, somebody is gonna give God a praise with you in mind. Look at somebody and say, Lord, I thank you 
for the second touch. Second touch. Woo! Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. You will touch in 2019, but before 2020 is over, God's gonna turn something around in your life and you're gonna see people for who they really are. I feel like praising him. This praise is for everybody who would be a Bible way winner. Come on, chosen generation. I brought some praises up here today. I've got some praises. Y'all grab your mic. Help me out, Brother Anthony. When I witness and what he's done for me, pick up his goodness, how he's setting me free. I can dance, 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 dance all night. We don't need a full church to give God our best praise. I know how to praise God in an empty building full of the Holy Ghost. When I think of his goodness, what he's done for me, think of his goodness, how he's setting me free. I can dance, 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 dance all night. Oh, all night, all night, all night, all night, all night, all night. I can dance. Young people, look at somebody and say, I can see clearly now. Somebody see what God wants you to see. Listen. Listen, wherever you are, amen. Stop what you're doing. Consecrate yourself this moment. If you're cooking, stop cooking. Stop what you're doing. If you're cleaning the house, stop cleaning. Cutting the yard, take a break. Listen to this.
God says, my purpose has always been for you to see as I see. And the reason it was progressive, whew, <laughs> talking to somebody right now, the reason it took us so long to find out who people really were, because God says you had to see it for yourself. Notice, <laughs> ooh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Notice God never clarified for the blind man who these people were. Because he could have said to them, no, no, these aren't trees. These are human beings. But God says he wanted the man to see it for himself. That's why we needed the second touch so that we can see it for ourselves. Listen, there are three key observations in this message before we have this altar experience. And I need to share it with you. The first is this. Every supernatural blessing doesn't happen right away. There are some that occur gradually or progressively. Perhaps my mother is watching this service from home right now. She would be familiar with this scripture that is found in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18. Because this was one of my father's favorite scriptures. And my brothers and sisters and cousins and church members can identify for this. Whenever I was confused, <laughs> thank you, Lord. Whenever I didn't really know what God wanted in my life, I would go to my dad. And dad would say, son, your problem is you want to see everything right now. And God doesn't always do that. So he would share this scripture, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, the King James Version. But the pathway of the just, thank you, Dad, I appreciate you so much today, is as a shining light that shineth more and more unto that perfect day. He would say, Darren, God will show you a little bit more every day you live. And every year you get older, you'll be a little wiser than what you were the year before. And you'll be able to see things that you had not all in there really been able to see. And there were some folk in my life that I thought I needed. There were some people around me that actually act like trees and not humans. And God says, I'll let them stay long enough until you can see it. And one day God showed me, and I could see clearly now. And so some supernatural blessings happen gradually. And here's the second observation. One of the greatest blessings we as faith walkers can ever experience is to see as God sees. The word I'm using is clarity. But clarity is very important to our spiritual as well as our natural success. God said, I'll bring some clarity to your life. 
he did that for all of us. I am so content where I am now. I am so happy to be pastoring the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. There was a time in my life that I thought my future involved higher political office. And I had people in my ear saying to me, you were elected to the Senate at 34 years old. One day you can be governor. One day you can be, but that, that wasn't the path that God had for me. And as long as I was pursuing other people's dream, I never had clarity over what God had called me to do. But one day God opened my eyes, young people. Jared and others, God opened my eyes and God says, son, everything you want in life, I can make happen for you right there on Atlas Road. You can be who I've called you to be. You don't have to be the next this or the next that. You don't have to allow others to impose their dreams on your life. You can be what God has called you to be. God gave me clarity. <laughs> if you're at home right now, just say clarity. And then the third and the last observation. This is so important. Real clarity only occurs when our lives have been touched by the Lord. This blind man from Bethsaida would have never seen if he had not been touched by the Lord. And it did not happen in the crowd. It did not happen among his friends. But this happened with just Jesus and this man. Real clarity only happens when you allow your life to be touched by the Lord. The last thing that stands out in this text is in verse 26. This is so important. After Jesus had touched him for the second time, Jesus sent him away saying this, don't go back into the village on your way home. Don't go back to the place where you came from and out of. Go home, yes, but don't go to the village. Sometimes God calls us out of a place. Here's the temptation, and I say this to all these young people. My youngest son who introduced me today is here, and there's a reason. God, God will send you to the general area to minister to them. But the village is the stuff you came out of. God says, go home, but don't go back to the village. I want to say to all of you and to those that are joining us right now, God's calling you out of something. God says, I, I, I'm going to send you back to minister to others that are still there. But the village represented camaraderie. It represented more than just a geographical area. When God finally 
delivered me and I accept what God had for my life. God never took me out of my neighborhood. I still love it. I'm there all the time. God never took me from the area where I grew up. I told someone I've lived all of my life within an area here in Richland County, but God took me from the village of people that were selling drugs. God took me from the village of people that did not want to worship God. And here's what God did. God blessed me so that the people who were important in my life, let me tell you what God did, young people. God rescued them from the village also. <laughs> and God saved them. And now some of them are deacons here at Bible Way, ministers at Bible Way. Some of them are pastors in other church. I've got a friend who's an AME pastor in another church. We grew up together. I've got friends who are deacons here. I've got friends who own their own business. We were in that village together. And God said, you don't have to go back and do what you used to do. But I'll deliver you out of it. <laughs> so that not only will I bless you, but I will allow you to bless somebody else. So here's the song. And here's this altar moment. Open my eyes, Lord. The eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. The problem is if you don't want to see, you will not see. <laughs> Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see. I want to see first you high and lift it up. <laughs> God, don't, don't, don't open my eyes to show me where my career is going. <laughs> open my eyes to show me where you are taking me outside of this secular environment. I don't care about being the best, the best businessman, being the best legislator. I just want to be the best person that God wants me to be. I want to see you, Lord. <laughs> because when I see you high and lifted up, then I realize who I am. Some of you right now, you can call us. The number is on the screen. 888-776-1238. God says, I want to open your eyes. Some of you have been seeing people, but they're acting like trees. God says, I'm going to open your eyes so that you can see them for yourself. Come on, praise team. Wherever you are, join us right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody say open, open the eyes of my heart, open the eyes of my heart, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see
Worship with us. Worship with us. virus crisis will be over and the question is what will you see about you that God has shown you there's some of you that God has slowed you down for a purpose <laughs> some of you are stuck in the house for a reason <laughs> God says you're on your knees you, you are before me because you have been seeing people but looking like trees. God says, I'm, I'm going to show you something about yourself. And when this is over, there's a message I'm working on now that I'm going to preach. I preached it before called After This. When this is over, God's going to do something unlike he's never done before. And I want to say something to you young people, worship and arts ministry, media ministry, the staff and deacons and all who are working through this. And I know people say, why are you guys there? Because somebody's life is going to be saved. Somebody is calling that phone line right now and say, I almost committed suicide. But the word saved me. God's going to bless you guys. God's going to do something for you. that Because I know perhaps it's better for you to be home with your family. But there's a reason why we're here today. Because we've got a greater calling. <laughs> to preach the gospel in season and out of season. God has prepared us for this. God prepared this ministry for this. Over a year ago, we invested heavily in our video media ministry. God told us to do it. We didn't really have the resources to do it. We were paying off our debt. But God says, stop what you're doing and invest in this. We could have never known and seen what God has. 
And right now, God has surrounded us with the people with the expertise and those that are volunteering their services and others that have given God your services so that others could be blessed. You're doing it for a reason. IT persons, others, you are doing it for a reason. It's not just the job. It's a ministry. And when God opened your eyes and this is what he had to do for me, and God showed me what you're doing is not just keeping the church going because it's not my job to keep the church going. It's my job to keep the kingdom open so that anybody anywhere can say thank you for the word. And so wherever you are right now, I need you to do me a favor. Just stretch forth your hand. Open my eyes, Lord, the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart. Right where you are. Open the eyes of my heart. God's doing it right. pray Lord God we are praying this Sunday this 22nd day of March in the year 2020 we're praying for clarity we're praying for perfect vision Lord we want to see clearly what you have for us expose the demons that are around us that are acting like friends and Lord bring in those that are put in our lives to uplift us help us to fulfill our assignment in this critical time someone is at home trying to figure out what their next move should be should they change jobs? Should they stay? Should they venture out and start a business? Ooh, here's the question, Lord, that I want you to convince them of. Before they ask any of those questions, have them ask this question, is it well with my soul? Ooh, am I where I ought to be with God? Am I in a place where God could use me. And Lord, if it's well with you, then it really doesn't matter where we work, where we live. Uh, you would make it the best situation it could be. Do it, Lord. We pray for clarity. We touch and agree. Somebody who's thinking about should they stay with their family or should they leave? God, I pray for clarity. Someone is thinking, should I continue to trust God? Or should I go back to my old ways? God, please convince them not to return to the village. 
The text says he returned home, but not to the village that he came through. <laughs> Have your way, Lord. Move in a special way. Somebody is picking up that phone right now and dialing 888-776-1238. Someone is asking somebody on the other end of that phone, please pray for me. Pray for my family. They don't have to be a member of Bible Way. They don't have to be a member of any church. In fact, they don't even have to be a believer yet. God, but I believe that when it's all said and done, you will give them clear vision and clarity that says it begins with a vertical relationship before it can go horizontal. Thank you, Lord. This is our prayer. This is our prayer. This is our plea. In Jesus' name, I want Call us, call right now. Take a moment, stop what you're doing. Call that number right now, amen. Somebody is standing by to pray for you, with you right now. Call right now. God wants to bless your life in a special way. As they softly sing, just before the final prayer and the benediction that will be given by our associate pastor and first lady, Pastor Willem A. Jackson, God wants me to remind you again to give to God. To those of you that are members of Bible Way Church of Atlas Road, you can still tithe, you can give your offerings. We have ways in which we've explained to you you can give. If you want to drop it off by the church, I know some of you perhaps are not so digitally connected. If you would just call us first, someone would take your call and we have someone here to meet you here. But just remember, if you don't have anything to give, God still wants to bless you. And then let me just say a special word. To those of you that are members of other congregations and members of other places of worship, it's so important that you sow your tithe into your ministry. And I want you to hear me. I am not asking, neither will it be good for you to take what you should take to your home church. And because you are not there, you sow it into this ministry or some other ministry. Don't let some televangelist fool you. Amen. Sow your seed where you are planted. And God will bless you. And if your church doesn't have online giving, call them. Says, where can I drop it off? Call the minister. Call the deacon. Call somebody. And says, I want to sow my seed as I normally will. And God will bless you. To those of you from Bible Way, amen. Thank you for your faith, for this too will pass. And I know these are difficult times. 
And I know that this ministry has some obligations that we have to meet. But you know what? <laughs> I trust God. I, I will always trust God. May I share with you what David said? David said, I've been young and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed to beg bread. Something good is going to come out of this. Amen. Perhaps unlike any time before, somebody is praying. Someone is taking a moment and they're getting it right with God. Join us on Tuesday night. But we have a special Tuesday night teaching that we're going to do summarizing all 10 of these messages. And we will have a digital image for you that you can download and you can have the talk.